ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster uh, that's here for you. And, uh, you know, and every, every night you need me, but Sunday nights in particular, I'm recording this on a Sunday night. And I know the power of Sunday nights, and I want to give it a positive, lulling power with some sleepy powder uh, or sleepy tones. Uh, That's it, patrons. Thanks for empowering me to do so. And uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, Hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep we do with a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed turn out the lights and press play i'm going to do the rest what i'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake whether it's thoughts uh, feelings uh, physical sensations uh, changes in time temperature work schedule maybe you're traveling maybe a loved one's traveling Whatever's keeping you keeping you up, uh, I'd like to take your mind off of that. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use a lowing, super super creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, many other ways. Uh, I had one way that I thought of uh, that I already forgot. It'll be a combination of goofy, go, the goofy and the mundane. Yeah, but I'm here to help. I'm here to, to take your mind off stuff. Uh, and a basic, the basic concept, if you're new, is uh, if you're, I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming by. Uh, this is kind of a podcast you listen to as you drift off, or you kind of barely listen to it. It could be set at the level of background noise. Barely recognizable noise, or you could listen, just like someone's there telling you a story. But it's the kind of a storyteller uh, that says, hey, go ahead and, like, uh, I'm going to tell you this story. I'm going to be here for you. You drift off, you fall asleep whenever you want, but I'll be here. I'm here to keep you company. So that's the kind of concept of the show. You don't need, you can listen, like I said, any of those levels, uh, but one thing I've learned from doing this a while and a lot of feedback is you, if, you, uh, if you're new, give it a few tries. Don't try to make too much sense of it at first because it's real, like it can be really hard to follow. That, that comes up in my personal life. And, you know, I go on tangents and stuff, but uh, I'm just here to help. But so if you try to make too much sense of the show, you could see what I'm up to. If you're skeptical, believe me, go, you're welcome to be saying, well, what's he up to? And then if you kind of just pay attention, kind of like when a teacher says, I'm going to be keeping my, you know, out of the corner, my, you know, what, listen to me out of the corner of your ear. And you say, Scoot's ears don't have corners. And I'd say, thank goodness for that. Uh, out of the, do ears have crooks? Is that, do they, people say out of the crook of my, is that an elbow or an ear that has a crook? Uh, out of the crook of my elbow. You could listen to me out of the crook of your elbow, especially if your elbow is kind of pulled up over your head. Maybe I'll come back to that. I don't know. Uh, uh, but you can kind of just listen, barely listen to me. Or you could totally listen. Here, here's the thing. You, there's no pressure to listen, but there's no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour. There's over 300 episodes in the feed, so you can cue them up episode after episode if you need to. But I'm here the whole time, all the way to the end of the episode, uh, just in case you can't fall asleep or in case you're listening to the show during the day. Because you're not having a great day, and you say, "Scoots, you know, what do what you do? What you do? Uh, do the, you know?" And they say, well, "Yeah, we don't quite want to label it as magic, or uh, you know, goof around." I say, "You got it. I'm here. I'm here to the very end. So if you can't sleep, I'll be here till the end. But you can fall asleep whenever you want. Uh, so those are don't, no pressure. Listen, no pressure. To fall asleep. Structurally, what to expect? Show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep it going and free." or the people who actively participate in that. So thank you for that. Uh, then there's an intro, which we're probably like somewhere between four to six to eight minutes into. Intros are about 12 minutes. And it's a bit of a show within a show where, you know, normal efficient intro, intro I'd say, is Sleep With Me, podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. 
and then I'd go right into the bed tent. Once upon a time, there was a you know there was a TV show called The Good Place. It was in its third season. It was a tale of four friends, or were they friends? It was a tale of ethics and philosophy. It was a tale of two other, actually, because there were six, because then there was two other people that were kind of, their friends became their friends too. And they lived in, once once upon a time, they lived, so that would be, uh, oh, that would have been an efficient intro if I, if I didn't go on that tangent. If that was the, I mean, I guess that could have been an example. But instead what the intro is, is a reminder, you're here. It's a safe place. It's made for you. It gives you some time to wind down, to get ready for bed, to brush your teeth, to take a break at work during the day, like I said, uh, to do, you know, to use the show however you want. You know, some people get their, you know, their pets, they got to get their pets ready. They're, you know, the cats, how many cats out there? You don't, you don't even have to raise a paw. Just give me a knowing look. How many cats are cleaning themselves right now? Oh boy, I didn't need to see you clean. You know, you keep it private. You know, you, I guess you can't. That's your job. You're a cat. Uh, but I can see it. Shout out to the cats cleaning themselves out there. Nothing like the smell of cat breath. Uh, it actually, it smells better. How come your your breath smells better on fur than on, uh, or how come it doesn't, you know, really? Like, uh, it's, it's really amazing what you're doing. I never thought about it till now. They say, how come these cats don't smell like cat breath? If they're cleaning, you'd say, it's counterintuitive, really, just like this podcast is. You'd say, you're going to wash yourself with that mouth. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's, it, uh, and that, I'm not saying all cats have bad breath, just all of the, all of the cats I've ever met in, in the world. I'm speaking with, you get, uh, I mean, I'm having a little bit of fun with you cats, and I'll tell you what, good news, the reason I have such fun with you it's because I have one of the dogs I dog sit for sometimes. I always tell her she has cat breath, because she does. Uh, so maybe it's just a dog, small dog breath. But I, I guess I really ruined, I really lost the cat segment of the audience. Sorry about that, cats. I meant to just do, that was an example within an example, though. I just meant to say shout out to the cats cleaning themselves. When I was trying to make just an example of uh, how people use the intro, when I was trying to give an example of a short intro, when I was trying to explain what the, the structure of the podcast is. So boxes within boxes within boxes. So please forgive me. I'm sure you're to one. In, well, no, but I'm really, though, I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, it is counterintuitive that, uh, I mean, because let's be honest, cats, dogs don't smell great most of the time unless they've had a bath or... You know, they're one of those higher, one of those new dog. You know, that the newer ones that you get out, you get down at that uh, that build, one of the shiny buildings where they say, "Well, these dogs just smell great all the time." They say, "Really? It, it, what? What? Well, it's you know, we're working. We're I, I don't I'm, I don't even know what I'm talking about." But so, oh, structure of show. So the intro is where it grew into because I would go off topic. But in some sense, people started to either fall asleep to that or find it part of the routine. Uh, so that's where we're at with the intro. It's a kind of a show within a show, I guess is what I was saying. And then tonight we'll be talking about season three, episode two, episode three, which is really episode two of The Good Place. And then we'll have some thank yous at the end. And then between the intro and the show is a little bit of business. So that's the structure of the show. And uh, I guess like I went over the rules. Yeah, basically I'm here to help. I thought I had thought of something I was going to try to think of later. But then that whole idea of the cat. You know what really is cute though is when cats are cleaning themselves. I know I like uh, trying to win them back. Uh, can I do some? Can I do some cat? Can I, can I have your permission to do some cat talking? You know I'm fluent in calico. Um, it means you do it you, you, to translate. If anybody's not understanding my dialects, it's a do you're doing a great job. I was only pandering the humans with the stuff about your breath. Your breath is really as sweet as, uh, you know, the, the inside of a tin can containing a, a cat food. Uh, and it, uh, yeah, and of course, you got to keep your fur looking good. Uh, so, yeah, so okay, so that's the structure of the show. 
Uh, this me checking in with the cats. I did have some. What was it that came up? Uh, superfluous tangents, goofing around. I don't know, but I make a show because I've been there, particularly on Sundays. Like I said at the top of the show, starting in fifth grade, I would be away from school, and then as soon as Sunday night hits, oh, you know, my mind would start uh, processing things, and that's like a very big understatement. And all I really wanted was someone to sit there and say, hey, wow, that seems tough. You can't sleep. Uh, let me sit here. Let me keep you company. Let me be your friend in the deep, dark night. So that's what I'm here to do for you is to keep you company, to take your mind off stuff, uh, to be your boar bud, to be your boar sib, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar bestie, your boar boo. Uh, and yeah, just just uh, take your mind off stuff as you drift off. So if you're new... It gives the show a few tries. Like, see how it goes. Most regular listeners say at least two times, if not three. And if you're skeptical, of course you're skeptical. You say, somebody's going to talk me to sleep. Uh, he's got creaky dulcet tones and pointless meanders and extra uhs and ahs and ums. And I say, yes, I do. Uh, and uh, but So get see if it works for you. It doesn't work for everybody. I make this show because I truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. You deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. And you deserve a chance to drift off and be rested. I want you to be out there flourishing and comfortable in the world. And I want you to you know, feel comfortable and safe and respected when you're here. And I do my best to do that, but you know, I'm not perfect. Obviously, we've seen a great example with the cats. You know, I lost that segment of the audience. Actually, the good thing is cats cover your ears. The level of cognitive dissonance in cats is very high. So all the cats that are actually listening, and you're right, cats that are listening, you're like, well, I'm not. I'm one of the cats with good breath. Scoots is talking about all those other cats that live next door and down the street uh, that I, you know, I look at scornfully. I have great breath. It's all those other cats. And I'm like, you're right. Totally, totally right, cats. All cat listeners of this show, you know, I mean, you already knew that. I didn't have to explain it. I was just explaining it to your humans. That's what we're actually... Right. In Cinnamon Sugar 2. So anyway, if you're new, I'm glad you're here. If you're a regular listener, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for supporting me in the deep, dark night and empowering me and trusting me to put you to sleep. Uh, I work very hard and I yearn and I strive uh, because I want to, you know, I want to help you drift off. Uh, You deserve it. Uh, Good night. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show going. All right, everybody, here we are. We're talking uh, season three, episode three, uh, the second episode episode three, but it really like technically episode two, that gets confusing, but it's episode three. Cause there was back to back episodes the first week, uh, the brainy bunch, uh, boo to boo to boop. Uh, and it opens with, uh, the ticker tape machines, which now I'm in a paused mode. I can see has, uh, kind of the strange, uh, cryptographic writing we've seen, on the screens of the computers in episode one and two, and it may be some other places. I hadn't been paying attention to it till just this second. Um, and Janet and uh, Michael are talking about, uh, you know, someone infiltrated the group, uh, uh, not just anyone. It's Trevor, bum, 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 the worst in the universe, Michael says, uh, and then we see Trevor with, uh, like, a snap-lit box of his Nana's lemon bars. And he's really trying to be delightful and hand them out. Uh, love them on my lips, hate them, hate them on my hips. Uh, and he's kind of, do, g- g- kind of planting seeds with Eleanor. He goes, geez, Eleanor, you're the reason this is all happening. You're the reason everybody's here. Uh, then something hug, maybe ug, lug, dug. There's a hug between Trevor and Eleanor. He's so happy. And then there's a glare right around a minute, and my time at least, a minute and two seconds in. And after his glare opens episode 29, 
We're also at, I didn't look this one up, oops, uh, St. John's University established 1826. Uh, and then uh, Simone's sharing the secret signs or the secret things for uh, Jason. Uh, snorkel safe and whippet canisters. I just realized Chidi's got a really nice kind of yellow Oxford on it, and the stripe in his tie matches his shirt. Uh, and then uh, uh, Tahani says, geez, uh, to Eleanor, I don't know about these machines we're going to go into, uh, uh, the you know, the chill chamber. She goes, if we're in a brassiere of thin gold, a thin brassiere of pure gold. Uh, then, uh, actually, if you watch it a second or third or fourth time, you kind of see uh, Jason's acting, uh, setting up something that comes later. Uh, but uh, uh, what's his name? Trevor says, what about my dank memes I've been sending, Eleanor? And he actually, this is a meme introduction. I didn't wasn't familiar with the darn Daniel meme. Uh, but then we see the, the payoff. Uh, Jason's trying to get superpowers. uh much like uh, the the defender, uh, like uh, what's his name, Peter Parker, the superhero. Uh, Trevor and Mikey uh, meet up uh, in the hall. He kind of gives says, "What's up with the Dick Tracy look?" Because uh, 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 Michael's in a what is that thing called a raincoat and a fedora, brown fedora. He says, yeah, Dick Tracy called. There's a lot of Dick Tracy jokes. There's also, like, one of those public, the kind of scene at the airport and other places where you can fill your water bottle, which you see on newer water fountains, which is a nice, great option. You say, well, you can fill your water bottle here, too, because uh, a lot of people carry, especially at the airport, a water bottle. Don't Here's a, here's a free pro tip, uh, and here's a great place. If you don't see them on sale, you could go to Monoprice, uh, Get yourself a nice, uh, smaller, vacuum-sealed uh, uh, water bottle, uh, similar to the mainstream brands. Monoprice usually has good prices, and usually they have sales all the time, too. And they have a nice little stubby one, I think a 12-ounce one that's good, or a, more of a 16-ounce or longer one I like. Uh, I mean, I drink a lot of water. Uh, it tells Trevor... Uh, he's like, well, she said, every time Eleanor's asked for Chidi's help, uh, it's worked out. You're powerless to stop us. Uh, sweet desk, Fane, or hub charger. Oh, so they have a back and forth. There's a great desk. I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't go to university anymore. And I don't know if this is the case at other universities, but it has like this. Uh, I've seen these in podcast studios, like a headphone amplifier that everybody plugs their headphone into this was a hub where you could charge your phone and uh, i said wow that's convenient everybody can charge their phone uh, sweet desk phone hub charge eleanor kind of still wants one-on-one ethics lessons she is a lovely uh cayenne cyan is that an rgbcy she has a lovely sweater on, but she's like, I think I work better one-on-one. Plus, Trevor's the worst uh, with the essay ethics lessons. Uh, but she's denied by Chidi. He says, this is going to work better. This is what I have time for. Uh, there's also a mention of Tai Chi. I don't know if that was Trevor or who. Then uh, he says, let's go sightseeing. He starts calling them the E Street Band uh, because... Uh, I think he, because he loves, I think cause he like is using Eleanor's initials and everything. He goes, I know the perfect place. For, she goes, no, I'm just going to have some suds and relax. He goes, oh, I know the perfect place. Uh, and then they go, they show an outside shot of the Cowboy Skyscraper Buffet, which had a sign with Uncle Sam that said, I want you to stuff yourself. Uh, and also on the roof, it has two giant flags, a bald eagle, Looks like it has a corkscrew slide inside, too. A Like a playroom. It has a Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building, Washington Monument, Hollywood Hills with fireworks, and bunting. And Trevor says, geez, can we get to Florida table? Smells just like a swamp. Uh, it's my favorite. And they say, no, it's here, but if you buy our Manifest Destiny package, you could just take it from the other group that's there. Alicone and Trevor. I don't know what that says. Oh, package. And Trevor has a backpack, which at first I said, what's up with that backpack? Uh, it seems out of place to me, but soon it won't. Uh, it's 
only over one shoulder. And we see that monument on one wall of uh, that famous monument. I think it's called the Washington Monument. Uh, there's also a joke right here I don't get uh, that I didn't pick up on. They show shots of the buffet, but this Washington Monument, I get that one. It has Hasselhoff, uh, Hilton, Hogan. So David Hasselhoff, Paris Hilton, uh, Hulk Hogan, and then Judge Judy, which her name's not a H, I don't believe. It, then they're at the Montana table, which has Dana Carvey playing the church lady on it. Uh, and I didn't know if the church lady's from Montana. I don't, I don't know that. Uh, maybe it's just like a really buried thing I didn't get. Uh, Trevor pulls the back, the sweatshirts out of his backpack that say the Brainy Bunch, uh, that has everybody's picture on the team. Uh, including Simone. I said that was nice to Trevor. Uh, Jason wants to give uh, everyone to give him a Transformers nickname. Uh, Eleanor, uh, uh, something Eleanor. He starts calling her uh, uh, like uh, like E-based nicknames. Oh, maybe celebrate Eleanor while you're celebrating something jalapeno poppers. Oh, then Janet shows up. Yeah, oh, Janice shows up. She says, while you're celebrating, could I suggest some uh, jalapeno poppers? Uh, Hi there, I'm Janet. Uh, Trevor has a WTF look on his face. Also in the background, we could see a Liberty Bell. They must have had trouble not laughing at some of this uh, in the background. Also on the table, I thought there was a giant bowl of whipped cream. Turns out it's popcorn. After five seconds, I saw that. They have some sort of 4th of July cocktail with apple pie, Coke, and SoCo, and a hubcap. Uh, then we see that Janet goes back to her workstation. She has no powers. Uh, uh, I will go get them, but I'll be watching. Oh, that's back and forth, I think, with Trevor. Then Trevor says, let's be roomies, all of us. Uh, and Jason says, roomies, like he loves the idea. He says, it'll be totes of fun. Then Janet is pouring drinks. She's pouring cider. Uh, and, and that, uh, but I mean, if, only someone that, I, I got a D, you know, I got an eye for those details. Uh, both Michael and Janet are out of sorts, you know. And this is like, they're, they're in unfamiliar territory, especially Janet. Uh, focus on the mission, uh, Michael says. Uh, Trevor thinks is it? Uh, what does that mean? Trevor thinks is it? Uh, they, they plan, Trevor plants this idea. Is it okay for you to socialize with people, Chidi, in this study? And then Chidi's like, you're right, I got to get out of here. Uh, then he calls. He starts calling Eleanor L-Train. He says, well, these Star Wars movies, do you think there'll be another Spaceballs? Which I thought they heard they were working on that. Uh, then Eleanor's like, I got to get out of here. Trevor's, uh, then Janet spills a drink on Trevor. On purpose, accidental. Uh, Trevor says, don't worry, I have extra sweatshirts in my backpack. Uh, Trevor got, tra- Trevor's trying to get, uh, stir up trouble with uh, Tahani and Jason, like get them uh, lit. Uh, then Michael goes up to Chidi. He's in librarian mode. Behind them is a flag made of tin cans, a USA flag, uh, in red, white, and blue cans. Uh, can't you ha- have you as my confidant? Uh, I think Chidi says that to Eleanor. I thought we were friends, Eleanor says. Uh, Michael, librarian, Tahani and Jason are flirty. Trevor breaks a rule. Oh, he breaks a rule for se- from season one. That gets you negative points. He tells Janet she'd get more tips if she smiled more. I don't think Alexander, who's told, uh, did Burr tell Hamilton that? Or was that, uh, they said talk less, smile more. But that wasn't a waitress, like, uh, like saying, hey, get more, you know, the Trevor stinks. Uh, oh, back to the librarian stuff, stuff I missed. Michael says, this is a librarian from the library. Uh, Oh, this was op- this was a little bit eye-opening, and then it was even more eye-opening later when I think about this dank Daniel means, or darn Daniel. He, he, around 12 minutes in the episode, uh, Chidi, or no, uh, J- 
Jason and Tahani are flirting. And she says, you're so pretty. And Jason, Jason says, you're pretty, pretty beautiful. And Trevor has this interesting look on his face. It's both a satisfaction and some uncertainty or jealousy or something. Kind of like when you're looking, you're like looking into something reflecting the sun. And you're saying, eh, like, I don't know how to feel about this. Uh, I'm acting confident. I don't know. When I think about it, I'll talk about it with the Daniel meme. And then uh, back to the librarian. He says, we do have a, a, a saying in the librarian game. There's only room for one male subject in academic study, so keep the first one that showed up. Uh, then Eleanor shows up with a warm root beer for Chidi. He's like, I got to leave. Eleanor leaves. Uh, then we're in the restroom. There's license plates all over the walls. Uh, Trevor says, I like the smells in here. And Trevor's gloating. He's like, this is too easy. Why don't you just give up? Oh, this is what's on the back of the Brady Bunch sweatshirt. I went to Australia, and all I got was this lousy cross-disciplinary academic study and something of new best friends. Uh, you couldn't read that. Uh, I just saw Trevor's look. It's right around 12 minutes, 11.50 or something. With Yeah, I don't know. I'm skipping that. Uh, the next day we're at Chidi's office. He's wiped out. He didn't sleep good. Simone says, are you all right? You didn't sleep at all last night. I said, what? A sleepover with, like, so that's advanced to the relationship. Uh, to total sleepover stage. And uh, he says, you need this study to be airtight. The ethical question of, uh, you know, friendship, uh, I can't deal with this right now. I've been waiting my whole career for a thesis subject. Uh, and she says, well, you bit into a raw egg this morning like it was an apple. He said, well, I thought it was hard-boiled. She goes, it still has a shell on it. Uh, then we see Jason and Trevor doing a secret friend handshake, uh, which is kind of some itsy-bitsy spider move. Uh, Tahani rolls in in sunglasses. Uh, so this is where we really see the shining of uh, Kirby Hal Batista. She is who plays Simone. And right around 1450 uh, into the show, she, like, so Tahani rolls in. She has sunglasses. She says, don't look at me. No one look at me. And just this wonderful moment of acting where she says, I don't even know what to do. Uh, Simone, I said, holy, what skilled, high-level uh, performance. Uh it just it just really made me laugh, uh, and it was just so from character. Uh, Tahani says she's overhung. Sorry for my uncouth behavior. I have formal letters of letters of apology for everybody. Jason, you know, uh, Trevor's hoping for trouble, but she says Jason was a gentleman. And this one took a lot of rewinding, but uh, or whatever you call it, backing. Uh, so in front of Jason is a sideways notebook, and it says history of, and it took me a while. Like he's taking notes, it's in giant letters, and he's retracing the letters, and it says, finally I found a history of Phil and Sophie. Uh, and then that took me a little bit while, while longer. Phil, Phil, Sophie, Phil and Sophie. Uh, he says to Honey, you're the formalist person I know. It could be fanciest person. Chidi goes to Eleanor's motel or whatever. She's in bed reading Aus Weekly, A-U-S Weekly. It says, Hemsworthless. Uh, meet Larry, the Hemsworth brother You didn't, they didn't want you to know about. There's also like an Omega, Omega Watch style ad on the back for a boomerang. On Eleanor's wall above her nightstand is a, a koala eating, like a eucalyptus or whatever. Motel wall eating at Chidi's still out of it from being too overtired. Needs the podcast is what he needs. Uh, Eleanor actually, at first she has a concern to look, uh, and then she goes into to kind of uh, the, the you know less progressive Eleanor, and she says, "I'm going to head back to uh, Arizona." Uh, and they go back for she goes. Finally, I have a path to why because of you. Uh, you're so brave to come out here in the first place. He says, just give me three months as a friend to, to stick this study out. At first, Eleanor's like, no, 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 no. I, you know what? This is, dude, I'm not. The, and, and then she goes, you know what? Yeah, fine. Friendships, you're good at, you talked me into it. Uh, uh, Chidi says, come on. And he walks the wrong day. She's way, way. She says, I'll drive. 
Uh, then we're in another bathroom again. Trevor's there. He walks in. And the bathroom wall behind him was an ad for the campus band battle, surfing and paddleboard lessons, the International Student Association. And Michael says, Dick Tracy called. I was right. Uh, uh, and then they go back and forth. And he, he says, importantly, like, uh, these four humans are all I care about. And then the warp door opens, and uh, it's a doorman. And he says, the judge wants to see you. And then he says, he looks around, and he goes, so this is Earth. And he's in the, he turns on the water, and he kind of flicks it with his hands in this playful way. He goes, oh, pretty cool. And then they go back to the bridge. And also, I forgot, maybe I forgot to mention, the judge is played by a wonderful, the transcendent Maya Rudolph. Uh, so that was a delight last season, just as a fan. Uh, in this scene, she's just doing a lot, and a lot with her arms later in the scene. But they're back on the bridge. She says, how many times did I tell you to go back to Earth? Uh, Mike goes, well, technically. She goes, one time. Uno, one time. Uh, also, I noticed Trevor was in his top gun coat at this point. Now he's back uh, on another plane of existence. Uh, Trevor said, oh, he tries to, the, uh, uh, what's that, Beaver Cleaver dude. Tries sucking up to her. She flicks him away. Word, she goes, what, you guys are messing with this. You, you're messing with all the timelines. There's been weird stuff. England left Europe. Hugh Jackson made a musical about P.D. Barnum. It made $400 million. Uh, Blake Bortles in Jacksonville are going to make the playoffs. He's pretty good. They're pretty okay. Or it's, uh, you know, we haven't decided. And she goes, it's your fault. Uh, no more messing around. We're go-. And she goes, we're, you know, leave them be. We're going to go to the bad place. Uh, her arms are moving a ton. She goes, Byron Allen owns the Weather Channel. Uh, then she uh, bounds, pause, back, back sees. Uh, I don't know what that says, but basically Janet's powers come back. Oh, power's back. Uh, and uh, first a lazy boy chair appears, and she says, geez, I'm like a printer. Once the print queue starts going, uh, Janet, you know, you better watch out. Then looks a dish of food. Could be fried rice, a sea turtle, uh, then a rug. Uh, what does that say? Luggage, uh, Rita. Oh, Pee-wee's bike, a, a Pee-wee-style bike, a pi- pile of boxes or something. Yeah, a fancy shopping box, like kind of like a, it was something you see in a really fancy house with like a decorative boxes inside an urn. Yeah, three cups of takeout coffee appear in different places, a high, a high hair dryer, plates and bowls, and a file cabinet. Uh, what does that say? Schwappy cut. Uh, a tractor, a ladder. What does that say? Shopping cart. That's what it says. For 500 scoots, what does your handwriting say? Shopping cart. It looks like Schweppes cat. A jet ski, a bunch of barrels, uh, a giant billboard that says Trevor Stinks, Janet. Uh, one of those running things. I, I forgot what it was called. Then I remembered it. What is it called? Uh, Pacerizer. Where you walk in place, walk around, run in place, uh, running. I don't know what they're called. Uh, you see, I'm going to go when I'm at the hotel. I'm going to go downstairs and run on the treadmill. There you go. It's like a $1,000 pyramid with one person. Uh, a giraffe, a trebuchet, a cable car. What does this say? Stem raker, a traffic cones. Oh, steamroller. Yeah, steam steamroller. A kite or some sort of kite-like thing, maybe a windmill. I, I believe me, I paused it a lot. Uh, it's all building up. They say, and then uh, Michael says it's between them and the judge. So Michael says, "Let's go." And they face. He faces off with the doorman. Yeah, uh, they lock eyes, and he basically throws Michael the keys, and he says, uh, "Good luck, Frog Man. I'm pulling for you." And uh, then they get away, and then the judge gets through. She goes, what happened? Uh, he goes, they got away. And she goes, thanks, thanks a lot, Jeff, thanks. So it turns out the uh, doorman's person's name's Jeff. 
And that's it. That was the end of the episode. Delightful episode. A lot of interesting things did come up, though, for us. Uh, so let's dive in and uh, see. Let's start with the IMDb page uh, for uh, Kirby Hal Batiste, uh, who's an actress and writer, writer from London. Uh, here she starred in Echo Ick, uh, West End Play, uh, with uh, the Talawa Tal- 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 uh, Tal- Theater Company, uh, Britain's foremost black-led theater company. Uh, she's been she's in Upright Citizens Brigade now in L.A. And uh, I mean, not anymore. I mean, once like she, she, now she's world famous. I mean, now this was just, I don't know how long she's on the season for, but uh, I would expect to, but, uh, oh, I was trying to read her IMDb page, sorry. Uh, but uh, I would expect that her career, like I say, well, we, we saw her when she was on uh, The Good Place. I mean, just from some of the small things, but it looks like she's been in uh, Big Farm for Eve, uh, Barry, uh, downward dog, uh, love. Uh, she, I'll link to some of the. She's been in a bunch of Earwolf podcasts. So I'll link to a bunch of them. Yeah, but really delightful. Uh, let's see. Then Trevor mentioned lemon bars. Uh, so I looked up some recipes for lemon bars just to see. I mean, you know what a lemon bar looks like. Uh, I don't have them very often. But I said, what is it like? Uh, what's in a lemon bar? Like, let's, uh, it says it's easy. This is according to the Pioneer Woman, uh, June 22nd, 2015. Uh, 40 minutes of prep time, 15 minutes, uh, co- or 40 minutes of cook time, 15 minutes of prep time. Had no idea of lemon bars, how I knew you. Uh, paraphrasing from the Pioneer Woman, they often for- fall by the wayside and get for- forgotten for months at our house. Uh, we're more of a chocolate chip uh, cookie, chocolate, anything, and then fruit cobblers and crisps. Uh, but sometimes they got to get lemon bars back in the game. Uh, when they do, they go over well. Uh, but also, she says, uh, I'm a little weird about them, and I tend to not love them if they're made with lemon filling with a super thin crust. Uh, so mine have a thicker cookie crust and a not-too-thick layer filling. Give them a try. So basically, you butter pan, uh, butter it some more. Then you make the base uh, with flour and sugar, salt, and then a slow internet connection. Uh, whisk it, a lot of butter that you cut up uh, into cubes. It looks like you may need a pastry cutter until uh, you make your lumpy sand or coarse crumbs. Uh, and then... Yeah, uh, put that in the dish. Oh, oh, wow, this seems, it does seem easy. Uh, press it along the edges, uh, 350 for 20 minutes, uh, then make the filling, which is sugar, flour, zest, uh, nice pile of zest, uh, then uh, lemon juice. Let's see. Um like about four lemon lemon juices uh, and then a bunch of eggs and you mix that all together, whisk it, pour the juice in, throw in the zest. Uh, that's the filling. Then you take the base out uh, and uh, test it. Uh, then pour the filling in, cover it, uh, then put it back in the oven until it sets. Uh, and then it looks like you sprinkle, what's that stuff called, uh, uh, powdered sugar over the surface of the bars. And then that's it. You cut them up and it looks like it's good to go. So nothing too mysterious. I don't know why, like, uh, I would have thought it would have taken 50 hours. Okay, so then there's this meme that uh, both uh, uh, Trevor and uh, Jason, like, called Darn Daniel, which I'd never seen before. And it's basically, well, I'll read this article from The Verge. Uh, it's a couple of years old, the, the meme. Yeah, this article is from February 23rd, 2018. It's by Caitlin Tiffany. Uh, two years off after Darn Daniel. Two years ago, you know, you're, you were a little bit younger. And you'd just seen Beyonce's Super Bowl halftime show. 
And not only after that, a series of Snapchats were combined into a short video and tweeted by Riverside Polytechnic High School student Josh. Uh, and they were of his friend, uh, uh, pictures of, like videos of his friend Daniel wearing sneakers where he would say, darn, Daniel. Uh, and then one time he said, back at it again with the white vans. And this is where the article really captures this. He sort of laughs in the middle of that sentence, a kind of failure to keep composure that's specific to that time in your life when you're a teenager and you have basically no other responsibilities other than laughing and, I don't know, reading books. You're certain that the 14 or so people who matter most to you in your life are fun, the only funny and interesting people on the planet uh, and the only people on the same page as you. And you yourself are so funny and interesting for now. You know, you feel so great. Uh, and so this came out, and it's just like a clip of him, like... Uh, basically uh, pumping his friend up. And, I mean, the article goes on to, to discuss a bunch of, you know, the history and, and, and what's become of the two two young men. Yeah, but what I thought was just interesting is that Trevor likes this positive meme. I mean, maybe it's the fake Trevor that likes lemon bars. Yeah, but it's just something about the way Trevor was looking at uh, Jason and Tahani. I just wonder where, where things are going. I mean, maybe not. Maybe Trevor's just uh, uh, anything. But so the next thing that comes up is, uh, naturally is Dick Tracy. And I'm going to stick to the 90s, Dick Tracy, just because there's so much to cover. And uh, also because I have this personal connection to some of the music. But it was a 1990 American action comedy film based on the 1930s comic strip character. Uh, Warren Beatty produced, directed, and starred in the film. It also included Al Pacino, Madonna, uh, Glenn Headley, Charlie Corsmo, and it depicts uh, the detective's uh, love relationships with Breathless and Mahoney and Tess Trueheart, as well as his, uh, you know, his action parts. Uh, and it also begins his upbringing of the kid. The development of the film started in the '80s, with the screenplay being written. And going through different writers and directors, including Spielberg, Landis, Walter Hill, Richard Benjamin. And then it arrived to, to Beatty. It was filmed in Universal Studios. Danny Elfman did the score. But there was three different soundtracks for this. I mean, this was back when CDs and tapes got sold. It was released in 1990 to mixed reviews, but was a success at the box office and awards time. Sad seven Academy Award nominations uh, and one in three categories, Best Original Song, Best Makeup, and Best Art Direction. The sequel was planned, but they didn't work out, uh, even though it got resolved in 2013. Uh, Beatty did do a Dick Tracy TV special in 2008. It's set in the 1930s, uh, but I don't want to go into the uh, the cast. uh I mean, the plot or the cast. I'm thinking about it. I think I've only watched this movie maybe once, maybe twice, uh, and probably under the influence the second time. Uh, Beatty had already had a concept as early as 1975, but they couldn't get the rights. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, yeah, like we said, it kind of went around. Uh, and they're trying to figure out who to, who to pair it with, uh, you know, lots of different angles, uh, lots of different leads. Harrison Ford, Richard Gere, Tom Selleck, Mel Gibson, uh, let's see, Walter Hill, Joel Silver were involved for a little while. Uh, Beatty was like, I'll do it for five mil plus 15%. Uh, and uh, they like, so they went through a bunch of things. Uh, and they, you know, when Beatty came back, he left, came back, uh, he tried to get Pacino. Then he was like De Niro. Uh, Maha- Madonna was pers- pursued the part, according to this, uh, offering to work for scale. And uh, let's see, filming began, uh, design. Okay, let's read about a little bit about the music. Then that's, uh, oh, and the marketing. So Elfman did the score. Uh, based on the success of Batman, uh, Elfman enlisted the help of Oingo Boingo uh, lead guitarist uh, Steve Bartek and Shirley Walker to help. And uh, so they were approaching a different quality and way than Batman. 
incredible sense of non-reality. Uh, Stephen Sondheim did five original songs. Uh, sooner or later, I always get my man more. Le- live it alone and like it. Back in business and what can you lose? Uh, sooner or later, more were performed by Madonna. Uh, what can you lose was a duet with Mandy Patinkin, Mel Torme. Uh, oh, with Mandy Patinkin. Uh, maybe with Madonna. Mel Torme saying, Live it alone, like it, and back in business was performed by Jana Siegel. Uh, uh, Lorraine Feather, back in business. Okay. Uh, Dick Tracy was the first film to use digital audio, uh, which Elfman didn't really like. He detested uh, scoring and dubbing in cinema. Uh, film music took a, uh, uh, film music as an art took a deep plunge when Dolby Stereo has hit. It has the capacity to make or- orchestral music sound big and beautiful and expansive, but it can also make sound effects uh, uh, take a higher spot than music. Uh, so Disney was the one putting this movie out. They marketed they had a successful marketing campaign with Batman. With high concept promotion, McDonald's tie-in, a Warren Beatty interview uh, in 2020 with Barbara Walters. Uh, they had a Roger Rabbit cartoon short, Roller Coaster Rabbit, at the top of the film. Television advertisements uh, based on the kid. 28 TV advertisements, toys with 15 Dick Tracy figures. It was Madonna's idea to include the film as part of her blonde ambition world tour. Uh, prior, prior to the 1990 theatrical release, Disney had already done a Dick Tracy musical stage theater show in Disneyland and Disney World uh, using the Sondheim and Elfman music. Uh, uh, Disney stores in the 1990s were selling tons of Tracy merchandise. Uh, they uh, had a novelization. Uh, they were even thinking about doing theme park rides. Uh, but so, but I actually for Christmas uh, got uh, one year. It, I think it was cassette tape and not a CD. Uh, I'm breathless. Music from and inspired by the film Dick Tracy by Madonna. And yeah, I'm a Madonna fan. I always was. In 1990, I got it. I guess. Uh, or I guess I would have got it Christmas of 1990. It came out in May. Uh, let's see. After filming was complete, Madonna began work on the soundtrack with Sondheim, Patrick Leonard, and Bill Buttrell. Uh, she, uh, oh, wait a second, Vogue? No wonder. Holy cow. So this was the album Vogue was on. Uh, musically, I'm Breathless consists predominantly of jazz, swing, and pop songs. Uh, reflected, uh, influenced by Madonna's relationship with Beatty. Wanted to create music that would fit the style and production of the film. Uh, she has a duet. Uh, in support of I'm Breathless and uh, her previous album, Like a Prayer, Madonna embarked on the Blonde Ambition World Tour, where a sec- section was dedicated to her songs from the album. Uh, you know, she definitely had some, uh, like, ups and downs, like, uh, with... Uh, you know, those the nineties were still a bit like the eighties with uh, people saying, Oh, we want everything vanilla and, and Madonna was saying, Heck no. Uh most critics applauded the Sondheim numbers and Madonna's vocals. Uh, some said some of the non film songs weren't as good. Sooner or later won the Academy Award for Best Original Song and Breathless was com- commercially successful. Uh number one in Europe, uh it hit the top of the charts in Australia, Germany, and Japan. Uh, number two in the USA Billboard 200, double platinum. And, of course, I, you know, I listened to it. I don't think I've listened to it in a long time. Let's see if we can get a list of the tracks here. Vogue. Uh, I mean, just Vogue alone. Come on. And no wonder I knew that. I know that song so well. Uh, Let's see if there's any other songs I recognize. Uh, He's a Man, Sooner or Later, Hanky Panky, I'm Going Bananas, uh, Cry Baby, Something to Remember, 
back in business more. What can you lose? Now I'm following you in vogue. So, you know, I'll be listening to that later and the, uh, I'll probably listen to all three. Okay, let's switch gears. And speaking of switching gears, uh, Tai Chi was brought up. I can't remember if Trevor brought it up or what, but uh, let's just do a brief Wikipedia. Uh, it's a Chinese martial art practice for both its defense training and health benefits. It refers to, to the forces of yin and yang related to the moves. Uh, though originally conceived as martial art, it's uh, typically practiced, practiced for a variety of personal reasons. Uh, so there's multiple frame, training forms, both traditional and modern, and uh, it's spread wild, worldwide. There's different schools. Uh, uh, the concept of the Tai Taj, uh, supreme ultimate, with the Wuj, uh, without ultimate, appears in both Taoist and Confucian Chinese philosophy. It involves five elements. Uh, Daolu, da uh, solo hand movements, uh, nei gong and gai gong, uh, uh, breathing movement and self-awareness exercises. I might have to try this. Du uh, shu uh, and san shu response and, uh, well, somebody like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, some of it's typified by its slow movements, many styles. Uh, so it's interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see, and I'm not sure if it's Tai Chi or another form of slow martial arts, but I see this a lot in the Bay Area. Uh, and I say, man, it looks great. Okay, let's get through these. East Street Band is uh, an American rock band, like I mentioned, uh, for Eleanor's backing band, I guess, uh, they were Bruce Springsteen's backing band since 72, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2014. Uh, they've also performed with Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, Meatloaf, Neil Young, Lou Reed, Bonnie Tyler, Air Supply, so many more. Uh, they've also recorded solo material and pursued careers as session musicians, record producers, songwriters, actors. Uh, most well-known are either Max Weinberg, who led his own band, and then on the Late Show, and then Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien, and then Stephen Van Zant, who was in uh, HBO Show, uh, and then uh, Lilyhammer. Oh, The Sopranos is HBO Show. Sorry, uh, Clarence Clemens is probably for some reason that's the person I know the best. Uh, uh, I think maybe Clarence Cummins is just to me the, the coolest. No offense to Max or uh, Steven or anybody else that I don't know. Who's this Dana Carvey person I brought up? Uh, he pretty big influence on me. A uh, stand up comedian and actor uh, known for his work on Saturday Night Live and Wayne's World films, as well as impressions of uh, George H.W. Bush, Ross Perot. And in this case, SNL character is a church lady, also is Hans of Hans and Franz. Oh, Carvey was born in Missoula, Montana. For some reason, I thought he was Canadian. So there you go. That's why he's from Montana. Uh, Carvey's dad is Brad Carvey, the engineer of Video Toaster, which was early, I believe, a video editing thing. Uh, Garth is based loosely on uh, Brad, his brother. Garvey was in a, a, a couple movies in uh, a television sitcom, a uh, small role in Spinal Tap, uh, which he was a mime. Uh, he's been in videos, uh, short-lived TV series Blue Thunder. Uh, then he was in Tough Guys in 86. Uh, he was in the finalist for the Nickelodeon game show Double Dare, but obviously he didn't get that, uh, but I guess that worked out. Oh, no, he withdrew his name from consideration after he was cast on Saturday Night Live in 86. That's when he became a household name with Phil Hartman, Kevin Nealon, Jan Hooks, and Victoria Jackson and kind of brought a revitalization to, to uh, SNL. Uh his breakout character, the church lady, was an uptight, smug, and pious host of Church Chat. Uh, Carvey said he based the character on a woman he knew from church while growing up, uh, who would later keep track of other church who was keep track of other churchgoers' attendance. Uh, 
So do yourself a favor, watch some of those on YouTube. Uh, he became so associated with the character that later cast members such as Chris Farley referred to Carvey simply as the lady. Uh, but then he would, again, hit a uh, pretty uh, big fame with uh, Wayne's World. Also in 92 was when third-party candidate Ross Perot was in a like he was even in the debates, uh, and so that was big. Uh, uh, NBC executives hoped Carvey would take over the twelve thirty night spot uh, when Letterman moved to eleven thirty, yeah, but that spot went to Conan O'Brien. Uh, so it's just a little bit about it. it really, but I mean, someone I like, I, like I remember as kids saying, "Holy cow, this Dana Carvey's the best." Uh, Yes, I didn't know he was from Montana, though. So, like, what about root beer? I drink it, but I don't know what it is, really. Maybe even I've probably covered it on the podcast before. Eleanor gives Cheetah a warm glass of it. Uh, Sweet American soft drink uh, made using uh, the sassafras tree or the sarsaparilla, Similax or Ornata, as a primary flavor. It can have booze or no booze. it can naturally free your caffeine or have caffeine added, carbonated or non-carbonated. Usually has a thick, foamy head when poured. Uh, modern commercial, uh, commercially produced root beer is generally sweet, foamy, carbonated, non-alcoholic, and artificially sassafras-flavored. Sassafras root is still used to flavor traditional root beer. Uh, but usually it's just artificial because they said uh, major producers include uh, Dr. Pepper, Snapple, Coca-Cola, Sprecher, Dad's, Berghoff, Whole Foods, and Stewart's. Uh, Sassafras root beverages were made by the indigenous peoples of the Americas uh, for culinary and medicinal reasons uh, before the freaking, uh, uh, yeah, before people showed up. Uh, then the Europeans kind of repurposed their techniques, uh, and it was sold in confectionery stores since the 1840s. Uh, there's been recipes documented since the 1860s. Could have been combined with soda in the 50, in the 1850s. Uh, pharmacist Chester Elmer Hires was the first to successfully market a commercial brand of root beer. Hires developed his root tea from sassafras in 1875. Uh, and showed a commercial version at the Philadelphia Centennial Exposition in 1876. Uh, began selling his extract, uh, but uh, coal miners he wanted to call it root tea, but coal miners call it, wanted it called root beer. It, one of Hire's earliest competitors was Barks. Uh, uh, then Roy Allen opened A and W. Then IBC. So it's interesting. All those are still around. Uh, so that's a little bit about root beer. Uh, boomerangs uh, also got a little play in this episode. And it used to be a popular gift that was like never used or used once. Uh, and uh, like uh, it's a thrown tool, typically constructed as a flat airfoil designed to spin about an axis perpendicular to the direction of flight. A returning boomerang designed to return to the thrower. It was used by indigenous Australians uh, for uh, providing. Uh, historically, they've been used for providing sport and entertainment, and uh, now they're thought of as an Australian icon. Uh, historically, it's a traditionally a long uh, wooden device, uh, uh, but they've been made from different materials, uh, also aircraft plywood, plastics, uh, even high-tech materials. Uh, they come in many shapes and sizes, depending on their origin. Many people will think of it as an Australian type, although there are many uh, um, many types of easily usable boomerangs uh, of other types, including the cross stick, the pinwheel, and the tumble stick, and the boomabird. Uh, important distinction should be made between returning boomerangs and non-returning boomerangs, especially before you throw it. Uh, Returning boomerangs fly and are an example of the earliest heavier-than-air human-made flight. is uh, two or more airfoil wings arranged so spinning creates an unbalanced aerodynamic forces that curve its path. 
So it, it travels an elliptical path and returns to its uh, point of origin when thrown correctly. Uh, while a throwing stick can also be shaped like a boomerang, someone from a throwing stick organization must have wrote this. Uh, it's designed to travel as straight as possible so it can be aimed and thrown with great force. Uh, so it is a little bit about boomerangs. Uh, lastly, who was this Byron Allen that came up? I didn't know who that was or whom. Uh, and, uh, it's an American comedian. It must be someone that they, uh, on the show, comedian and television producer, uh, the uh, chief executive of the U.S. television production company Entertainment Studios, a uh, co-host of Real People, the Byron Allen Show. I must have, like, uh, somehow I missed out on this, uh. At 18, Allen made his television debut on Johnny Carson. Maybe I've seen him. Real people. I thought I've seen that show. Uh, his show, Kicking It with Byron Allen, uh, was uh, Byron Allen. Why, why can I not picture this in my head? Uh, one Hour uh, Entertainers with Byron Allen was another show. Uh, in 93, he formed uh, Entertainment Studios. Allen, he did. He acquired the television assets of the Weather Channel for approximately $300 million in 2018. So I guess that was true. So that's why it got brought up. Uh, they said, why is it weird? They said, I don't know. It just is. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit about that. Uh, get in, snuggle in, and uh, listen to these thank yous. Good night. All right. Thanks and, thanks and good night to everybody, almost everybody that reviewed the uh, show on uh apple podcast uh, pixie j j j double x it did not like the show uh get your words out one star om omg had to turn it off because it couldn't handle how he talks uh, stutters slurs and i feel uh, listen to him try to talk no thanks uh if you're someone who gets frustrated people who can't speak clearly this will do the opposite of put you to sleep yeah uh, thanks pixie uh Brittany V from Canada. They're from Australia. Brittany V from Canada. She says, finally. Or they say, finally. Uh, struggled with insomnia since 2013. And been doing a lot to try to fix it. Counseling, bedtime routine, no caffeine. Uh, different uh, things uh, take by mouth. Uh, distracting myself with audiobooks or TV or movies I've seen a million times. And nothing works consistently. It had been about two weeks since I found the podcast. It took me three nights to get used to, but now I'm on night seven of a normal nighttime sleep. I've turned it on after I read a book, taken my sleeping pills, and settled down. Uh, it helps me feel not feel alone. Gives my brain something to focus on instead of running anxious thoughts. Uh, it's like having someone chill being at with you at times that are frustrating and feel so lonely. This is the whole purpose of the podcast. Thank you for this review. It's uh, not the only thing contributing to good sleep, but it has really helped facilitate the other habits that help me relax. I have no idea what the podcast is about. I can't remember any stories. I guess that means it's working. Uh, Man P says, uh, Star, Trek, Star Trek recaps are worth it alone. PNG recaps are genius, and I sort of wish uh, it was just that, uh, honestly. Uh, grateful, that's from uh, Love... Uh, uh, Deloka, living the love Deloka, as we say. The podcast helped me not only fall asleep, but stay asleep after waking up consistently at 3.30 a.m. This podcast has helped me through the night. I don't know how it works, but it does. Love, thanks, Scooter. Uh, love Magnet 71 from uh, Denmark says this really works. You tried all kinds of advice for falling asleep, but this is the first one that works. You try to listen after a while, you realize nothing important is being said. Still, stream of words in a way are in the way of your own thoughts. He mixes in meaningless words. Your brain goes, oh, I don't have to try to figure this out. I'm leaving, and you go to sleep. I'm so grateful for this nonsense. Uh, Lisa uh, K-Dog says, the best sleep podcast I found. Odd but endearing. It'll be on my tombstone, probably. Uh, maybe just, or maybe just odd. I'll say, so we'll save money. We'll just put odd. Uh, they charge 10 bucks a letter. I very much enjoy his original stories. I often fall asleep before his stories are finished, but I go back the next night and finish it off. It's not unusual. I'll listen to the same story three nights before I finish it. 
Also enjoy letting it run all night when I wake up. He's there chatting me back to sleep. Thanks. Uh, here's a, you know, uh, a RX a substitute. Normally I take a RX to sleep, but uh, after two months, uh, I've just taken 10 MGs to sleep with me. Melodic butter indeed. Remember when I invented that? This is from the felines in the U.S. Uh, sometimes while falling asleep, I hear something that makes me giggle. Uh, I don't try trying to follow the story makes me overthink, but thank you. Uh, in-depth review to come. Uh, that was from the felines. Oddly enough, this is from iCat Jaguar, who says absolute waste. And, you know, they, they go on for more of a tangent. Uh, Broke from Sweden says the podcast is pure gold. And uh, LR uh, Connor 27, the best. Uh, thanks, MFM Podcast. Uh, you're the best, Scooter. Been listening for a month and never make it past the intro. Well, thanks, everybody, that took the time to review the show. You can do that over in your Apple Podcast app on your phone. Or uh, you can do it uh, on iTunes. Uh, Sleeping Me is listener-supported through people that source the show by directly or through the sponsors. And Robert and Night Vale Presents, uh, you can find all their amazing shows, lots of new shows launching over there, uh, nightvalepresents.com. And PRX, you're going to see everything they're doing at prx.org. And they're here, let me tuck you in, queue up another episode if you need it. I'm here to help. Good night.